Guys, we wanted to say welcome again to another episode of the Spirit Ninjas Spiritual AF Podcast. Yeah, we're excited that you're here because we have an amazing guest and I'm so excited to connect with her. Her name is Nick Starr. First of all, that is a really cool name. It's very cool. It's a very cool name. But what's even cooler is she is an ordained Hindu high priestess from Australia. Yes. And I just read her story uh, (laughs) earlier today and it literally blew my mind. Like this woman is just so incredible and she has such a a fascinating and interesting story that uh, you guys are in for a real treat. Yeah. And she's super relatable and grounded and I could just talk to her forever. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy it because it's a really interesting, interesting conversation we have. So stay tuned after the jingle. <laughs> hey, you can turn into the Spirit Ninja's Spiritual as Podcast. The show that aims to inspire, uplift, and questions everything. And now your hosts, Bart Rigel and Holly Emerson. Hi, Nick. We're so happy to have you joining us. So for our listeners, we have Nick Starr. Um, she is an ordained Hindu high priestess. Yeah. Pretty exciting Hello, stuff. thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. Um, I guess to start, did you want to share a little bit about your story or as little or as much of your story so our listeners can kind of have a, an idea of who you are? Sure. Um we could be on the line for several days, but I'll try and <laughs> keep it um, like a nice little tight sharing, if you like. So I um, have quite the eclectic story and I find it very interesting myself observing, living it. Um, I'm just <laughs> also in the process of, um, of writing it out quite. Um, I've just done a big chunk of, writing to prepare for a book that I'm going to um, be writing over the winter. I love it. And, yeah, um, so I, it's it's very fresh um, right now trying to kind of give a summation of, of the story. And so basically I was born um, in Australia, um, hence the Hence the accent. awesome accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I born in Australia and um, I grew up in, in a country town, which with a family kind of, that was, I don't know, normal-ish. Um, but I found that as I was growing up, I started doing ballroom dancing and then I went into modelling and all of these things. Um, that kind of put a bit of a spotlight on me. And I was doing some TV shows and I did a movie with Russell Crowe and I found that being in the spotlight was a little bit uncomfortable. So I decided when I was 15 to turn out my light Mm. and try and find a normal path where things weren't so uncomfortable. And um, yeah, it was a very, very interesting day that I made that decision. And so I tried to shut down um, the life that I'd been living in the spotlight. And I realized that, you know, this was the end of grade 12 when I was finishing school and the the teachers, you know, always ask you, what do you want to do when you leave school and all of these things? And the only answer I ever came up with is that I wanted to be happy and I wanted to help people. And I had no idea what that looked like or how that would unfold, considering all I wanted to do was sit in a cave and hide from everyone. (laughs) 
<laughs> so basically, I can totally relate. Yeah. <laughs> um, which funny, I ended up in a cave for a while. But um, so, yeah, so then I just started looking everywhere outside of me for this happiness. And I looked in many interesting places. You know, I looked in bars and nightclubs and I looked in beaches and, and all over countries. And then I looked in other countries and, and I couldn't find it. And so I just then, you know, thought I could perhaps find it in a marriage. Um, and, you know, I found some little taste there and had some children. And But still, I, I, I don't know, I kind of felt empty um, and not whole. And so I just continued along the path of life and doing all these things and, you know, had some pretty interesting um, careers, if you like. I used to train air traffic controllers, which people find most interesting. Um, <laughs> and that's actually where I found a husband, but that, that was a whole other story. <laughs> and eventually I found the, the world of personal development and I found some resonance there. And so, you know, the working on self type thing, I guess, was kind of led me to starting to look inwards. Um, I met a lovely man that was <laughs> a big catalyst in my life. And basically for the first time ever, um, I'd left my husband by this time, mind you, but <laughs> for the first time ever, I'd met someone that was a little bit more crazy than me. And that was a pretty big deal. I was known as kind of someone that was quite out there in their, in their, way of trying to find this happiness. And, um, and so I went on a very deep journey with this lovely man. And then one day he died and that set me into a really profound journey of learning to, um, communicate with spirit because he didn't want to leave, um, this realm. And I just realized that, you know, that life really is very precious and I can't just plod along anymore. And so I found myself, um, on a trip with a girlfriend of mine for her birthday in America. And I ended up, um, in a labyrinth with a shaman <laughs> in the Arizona desert. And nice. he, um, brought me back into this understanding of wholeness. And that just projected me into, um, being taken to Bali by some friends. And I never, ever wanted to go to Bali. Um, but you know, by this time I was really recognizing that there were signs out there that I needed to follow. And when I arrived in Bali, something happened to me and I couldn't explain it at the time. Um, and it was the beginning of a remembering. And the remembering um, was the thing that truly had activated everything that led me to being the Hindu high priestess that I am. Um, and so while I was in Bali, um, I was filming this, uh, the friends I was with were doing a research trip for retreats and stuff. And I was doing some filming out of the green school, um, with them. And one of the founders of the green school was giving an explanation of his story. And I just realized that, you know, there was these tears streaming down my face and I'm like, my eyes are leaking cause I wasn't crying, but I was just really overcome. And then I turned off the camera and just stood back and said, I'm moving to Bali, <laughs> but it, came out my mouth and it was red cursive writing and it went around my left ear. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're really starting to lose your mind. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I, I, I couldn't imagine how I could actually ever move to Bali. You know, I was a single mother that I was co-parenting and I had two businesses that I was running um, in Australia and the fact to move countries, you know, it just seemed like impossible, but I had this vision and I could see 
um, my son, who is now 15, um, running around like where I was. And I kept having these visions, these really, really strong visions that day. And again, I thought, you know, I just needed to have another beer or something. And, <laughs> <laughs> you, go too. you know, things are all getting a bit much here. <laughs> yeah, the beer was always the go-to. Um, but what did happen is I, I just followed this energy because of all these extraordinary things that had happened to me precursoring this. And somehow it just unfolded, like quite effortlessly. I, um, I sold my two businesses to one of my clients for more money than I actually wanted, which was really, really Amazing. perplexing to me. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> yeah, my, <laughs> my ex-husband said, yes, take the children to Bali. And I was like, wow, that's quite unexpected. And he got a job um, like far away from where we were living at the time. So I recognized in any event our parenting was going to really change. And then, you know, and I, I went through my house, which was full of very beautiful things. And I thought, oh, okay, what am I going to keep here? And then I got to the point where I'm like, this is just all stuff. And I'm going to let it all go, which again, was really, really surprising to me. So I went through this extraordinary <laughs> process of, of letting go of everything. And I ended up with two boxes, um, which had some paperwork that apparently I was supposed to keep and six pairs of really cool boots and all my journals because they were the only things I couldn't let go of. Anyway, I just have the journals now. Amazing. So, <laughs> no boots left. So, exactly. So very quickly, it was only like three and a half months, I found myself on the aeroplane. My ex-husband decided that he needed to keep the children while I set up over there and they would spend a whole school term with him, which I thought was a little bit challenging, but it made sense to me at the time. I was on the plane to Bali and I I sat there and I and I said to myself, What are you doing? And I went, <laughs> because I hadn't actually allowed myself to think this. Because every time I tried to think that, I would go into some sort of meltdown panic attack. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally totally know that, know that feeling. <laughs> we know all about that as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And so I'm on the plane going, No, like seriously, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. And I'm like, <laughs> no, seriously, what are you doing? I'm like, I have no clue and no idea what I'm doing. All I know is that this is the only thing that has ever felt right to me, ever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, gin and tonic, please. <laughs> <laughs> and I just went, okay, well, let's just keep going. And so I got off the plane and, again, I was overwhelmed with this intensity that I couldn't understand at the time. And I went and stayed in a hotel for a few days and just landed. And that was really, really intense because I went into a state of exhaustion because it was just such a huge thing. And very quickly, I don't know, within about 10 days or so, I met a woman who took me to a ceremony. And that's when kind of things started stacking up and making more sense. And I came into a temple with a whole heap of local people that didn't speak the language and I felt home for the first time in my life. Mm. And I really didn't <laughs> understand that, but I didn't care. And so I would show up there every week and just sit. The first time in my life I could just sit in the corner and no one wanted to put a spotlight on me. No one wanted to wanted anything from me. And I felt a normal, a sense of normal. And I had never felt normal before. Um, 
And very quickly out of that, um, the guru said to me, it's time now. And I said, time for what? And he said, for you to become a master. You know, many people come to me and want me to teach them everything. And you've never asked me anything. And you show up here every week. It's time for you to be a master. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And um, I don't even know if I want to do that. Um, And and my interpreter said to me, you don't really question this. (laughs) Like everyone would like this. And so I'm like, okay. So in the interim, I'd found a place to live and it had a beautiful spare room. And so I realized that I could maybe perhaps rent that out and make some income and stuff because I, you know, the whole plan and no idea thing. Sure. I had a little, little, everything I'd sold. I had a little bit of money, but that wasn't going to last me for very long or ever for that matter. Yeah. And so I'd kind of worked out a way to, um, to supplement a little bit of income for me to be able to just keep going. And it just kept going and it just kept going and it just kept going. And I, and I just found that I would just follow the energy and I would just kind of do as I was told. And being in a place of deep surrender to my divine path, because that's what's what was unfolding, was what I learnt was exactly what I needed. Because in the middle of this, my ex-husband said to me, I'm not going to send those children over anymore. Um, I'm just going to keep them in Australia. And I went in, yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. it was a little bit um, intense and a little Mm -hmm. bit horrible. And so I spent a lot of time on the floor in a corner um, trying to manage that because my mother said to me, so you better come back to Australia now and get your kids. But I felt like I was stuck. I felt like I couldn't move and I knew that that wasn't what I needed to do. And it didn't make any sense to me at all. I felt like someone had stolen my children, but I just had to continue where I was. And it was a very extraordinary place to be. But in hindsight, and now, you know, much later on, I understand that it it too was a divine plan. They had a very big, a very big module that they had to spend with their father to learn what they needed to learn. And um, in that it gave me the space to become an ordained Hindu high priestess, which, mm-hmm. you know, I could never imagine was going to be my future. And I thank him every day for, you know, for showing up in our soul contract the way he did. And, you know, at the time I thought he was the meanest person I'd ever met. But in, in fact, he was, he, was, he was showing up in such an impeccable way but for me to, you know, for me to have this divine plan unfold, it couldn't have worked any other way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have such incredible gratitude for him um, being the meanest person in the world. He did a really good job. Incredible. <laughs> so cool. And so, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And so I was able to, you know, to go to all these ceremonies and I was taken into villages for weeks at a time. And I, you know, I met a grandmaster from Java and, you know, I started learning really intense energy work. And and when I had to do my graduation, I had to go and activate a volcano, which was, you know, a pretty event, (laughs) (laughs) you know, just Saturday afternoon activating (laughs) volcanoes. Basically, you know, there wasn't any kind of, lava spurting out or anything but I had to create the the energy to to allow the um to basically for the steam to arise wow. and fortunately I, I managed to do that so I got Incredible. my little graduation wow yeah. cool. 
I've yeah, never heard yeah, of that and, before. That is really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, I had all these extraordinary experiences, which felt very normal to me um, because everything else, you know, had never felt normal. And I don't know, like it was living it at the time, like you don't think about how extraordinary it is because it's also really, really hard trying to trying to find the balance between, you know, making money to be able to go and see children um, as often as possible and feeding yourself while, you know, <laughs> being dribbling messes in, in villages trying to understand what's going on with you was was a really difficult um, difficult time and it, it allowed me to, you know, to mature to a place um, to be able to handle these things. And, and it was that through that sort of like emotional maturity that I became the energy that, you know, Call, gets called upon to become a high priestess and I didn't kind of understand that at the time either so basically how I created like a business around this like journey was you know I'd post sort of like bits and pieces on Facebook and people would say to me oh my god that's amazing and I'm like yeah I guess and <laughs> people were like oh my god I'd love to spend a day with you and so I had this vision of people coming and spending day with me or days with me and I started then basically re running retreats and I would take them through like some fun stuff I did. And in those early days, I kind of just felt like a guide, like a friend, come hang out with me and, sure, and you know, to a guide. <laughs> and they started wanting to know, like ask me questions and ask advice. And I'm like, yeah, right. I've got like eight people with me that are going through really intense processes. I probably should support them in this and not just be their little friend. And so again, it was just naturally called upon me to continue to step up and step into these roles. Um, so, you know, there was no goals of attainment ever that I had within me. There was no, you know, trajectory or, or plan. And there certainly was never a textbook or <laughs> book that was given to me on how to be a Hindu priestess. That, that never happened. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so it just unfolded and it continued to unfold. And, you know, so I, I originally started off with a mass, as a master and then converted to Hinduism and then got taken into the role of Manku, which is basically a priest. Um, and from Manku I became priestess. And then just in um, June of this year I got taken into high priestess. And like I said, we could talk about this for days and days and days wow. and days. Um, so that's like kind of a little, a little, a little snippet for you, if you like. Yeah, I encourage you, everybody listening to this to go check out nickstar.com and read your story. I read it earlier today and mm -hmm. it just blew my mind. Yeah. Like, yeah, wow, right. There, exactly. Yeah. That's it. There were so many wow moments. Like, how did she deal with this? Like, how has this actually yeah. happened? It was it, it crazy just crazy like everything that you've been through in your life is just incredible yeah the whole yes, surrender that's, that's, <laughs> a, that's a great great thing because i have written so much about it in the in the her story on my website mm -hmm. and i'm really glad that you got a chance to read that because it, yeah it kind of impacts people that read it yeah yes yes you, you know it's uh one thing that uh like the theme that kept coming up over and over in the in the story is really like this uh, idea of surrender and how mm -hmm. in all these moments throughout your life, you were just guided towards just surrender and you surrendered and you surrendered again. And then something else would happen and you would surrendered and you just allowed yeah. things to unfold. I mean, like that was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. 
yeah, you know, people, <laughs> men coming at you with, you know, not, with um, swords trying to stab you and you've got to surrender into that moment. It's, yeah, there's a pretty significant level of surrender that I've, <laughs> I've had to uh, get into. So, oh, yeah. yeah, the theme of surrender is certainly um, one that's been right up there. Yeah, yeah, that's something that Bart and I were talking about today, just with the journey that we're on. And um, I was saying to him, I was like, wow, I feel like we keep learning this process of surrender over and yeah. over again. Because every now and then yeah. it's like the monkey mind or the, the yeah. ego steps in and, and questions what you're doing. And then you have to learn to just stop and and follow the breadcrumbs from the universe. Yeah, absolutely. I find that, you know, embodying the, um, the values of faith and trust Mm -hmm. really help in the, uh, in the path of surrender, because I don't know, it gets very confused for the Western mind. Um, Mm -hmm. thinking surrender could be like to be a doormat or to, you know, having to, to let everything go. And it's like, it's actually not that at all. (laughs) No, it's nothing like that. It's actually, it's a very brave soul that is willing to go into a state of surrender. Um, and it's certainly not, um, you know, stepping into the state of being, I don't know, giving up. It's certainly not giving up. And that's kind of a confusion. I find that people like when I say, come on, you just need to surrender. And they're like, I don't understand what you're saying at all. That means give up. I'm like, no, it doesn't mean, it means be brave. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I like what you said there because yeah, when I think about, you know, what was surrender when I was a little kid, it was like, I mm. guess, you know, the first times when I'm thinking about it now, it's like you're playing a game in gym class and it's like, do you surrender to the other team? You know, and it's yeah, like right. a giving up kind of. Yeah. Kind of, you're you're yeah, giving up or, the victory. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I just had a vision of like cowboys and Indians. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Hands up. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. I surrender. And it, it is, you know, it's like to give up and, um, yeah, who's going to surrender first? And it's, yeah, it's, I don't know, like most English words, there's such many different connotations and stuff. And it's just it one's perception of what it means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's incredible. And something that I think we all need to be mindful of is that there is this greater plan. You know, that if you do surrender and you just allow your life to unfold the way it's supposed to and you just follow those breadcrumbs, that you're actually led towards your highest goal, your highest potential, whatever that whatever that is for you. But that is scary Like for (laughs) most people. I I, I would say that maybe for everybody, that is a scary thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like if you question, if you knew how scary it was going to be before you left Bali, would you have done it? Like if oh, you know, totally, totally, you know? totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because I was done. Like I was at that point. Like I was like, I'd I'd actually been several months beforehand through an elaborate process of working out the most efficient and least impactful way of um, suiciding, right? Because mm. I was like, I just can't do this anymore. This is just all too much. And so I was like, yeah. And like you get to a point where it's like, which way am I going to give up? And so it was Mm -hmm. like, I was up for anything, anything that could like help me shift from, you know, I got to a point where, you know, I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was like, what are you going to like, bring it on. And that's the whole premise of my life. It's always been like, bring it on. And so they're like, right, bring it on. We'll show you. Um, I don't know. It it gets to a point where it's a relief though. Like, like 
I was relieved that things unfold. I, I to understand the unfolding. I don't know. Like I've always been a devil. Devil. I <laughs> when I was going through the whole process of um of what am I going to do when I grow up besides be happy is I I thought about being a stunt woman because I've always been like lived on the edge mm. a lot. Sure, yeah, that's and, amazing. <laughs> You know, I used to ride motorbikes and do high speed, you know, water skiing and all sorts of like really daredevilish stuff and always had a very brave part inside me. Um, but again, it was just never nurtured and I didn't know how to express that at all until, you know, I found my way. And I don't know, it's just such a relief. I now, I don't know, there's so many things in life that I've thought of scary and it's just not, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't know. Like I just, I just find now that anything that comes at me, I race towards it always. I always race towards it. And the more it looks scary or, or I feel uncomfortable, the more I know I need to race towards it mm-hmm. um, because I've had so much, you know, I have so much evidence that this is my highest good and is that divine plan unfolding. And, you know, I, I just need to get out of my own way. And Mm -hmm. I do, I run towards everything, no matter what. And, um, and it's easier. It's so much easier than to be scared. It's so much (laughs) easier than to be like in anxiety or depressed or like, or like not knowing what to do. Um, it's so much easier to, to like, you know, Bart said to follow those breadcrumbs and just have, you know, a level of curiosity of knowing that this is mine. This is my life path. This Mm -hmm. is my divine plan. And, and I'm just going to go there because. Yeah. Yeah. Having that faith and trust in it mm. versus the fear of the mind. Yeah. What's, yeah, what's amazing yeah. is that, uh, you know, I think society in general uh, creates or society has created this, uh, this world where, you know, everybody's in this pressure cooker. You know, mm-hmm. there's yeah. all these expectations that we're supposed to be a certain way, that we're supposed to succeed a certain way, you know, in the external world. And it creates this world of pain where people on mass are suffering so much. You know, the yeah. case of anxiety are like crazy through the roof. You know, people are yeah. like over half of the American population now is on antidepressants of some kind. Like mm-hmm. this is craziness, you know. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's um, we've said this before on this uh, on the show is, you know, the pain, uh, the pain and suffering pushes until the vision pulls. Yeah. Right. So you reach a point where uh, you're done with the suffering. You just you can't yeah. take it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, some there's like a you reach a breaking point, and then you can create life from a very different place. And that sounds like yeah. you know you've uh, done over and over in your life. It's a pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. And and the other thing is you know especially so many people I work with. Um, that have either been on antidepressants or are on antidepressants. Um, I, like, I get it. I understand. Like, I, I had postnatal depression with my daughter. I was on antidepressants. Um, and there was another episode about four years after that, I was medicated again. So I know all about it. You know, it's really good having the experience. Um, and it blocks you. They're blockers. They block your, conne- they block your connection. Mm-hmm. And they make mm-hmm. you numb so that you can exist and function. And, you know, mm-hmm. that can be quite helpful if you're in a really bad state. And, like, I totally get that because that really helped me um, until I was like, oh, I can't feel anything, like nothing. Like um, 
I'm kind of bored because I can't have joy and I actually mm. don't have sorrow. I've got nothing. Mm. And so what I do know is that when anybody's trying to have a deep connection and connect with their higher truth, connect with, you know, divine source energy, connect with, you know, their divine plan, it's very, very difficult when you're highly medicated. Well, isn't like mm-hmm. most of people's lives medicated in some form? Like I'm not talking Absolutely. about just, uh, you know, antidepressants, yeah. but, you know, we reach for that glass of wine or, you know, we, we roll a, a joint, which can yeah. be helpful in, in some cases, but other times we use it as a distraction or, you know, we put on the TV and we watch four hours of TV straight and all of a sudden yeah. you're just numb during that period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's the whole escapism to to get away from it all. The thing I, I find with the medication, though, is it's a, it's a long term. It does block you. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, the, the escapism bits and pieces, um, you know, they they kind of give you a fix for five minutes, but actually just take you away from your higher self as well. Um, and that is the go-to, you know, it's, everyone supports that, you know, everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, just have a glass of wine mm-hmm. and, you know, just do this and you just need a rest, you know, and it's like everybody's, you know, supporting everybody into that path and that's why, you know, the world is in such a crazy state right now. The The, the level of suffering that is occurring, you know, and the insanity that's going on is like just a reflection from the inner world of the mm-hmm. majority and mm-hmm. the outer world is, you know, in such a state of you know catastrophe like literally um because we're not willing to surrender into what you know life is offering and be willing to be brave enough to um to go forth into all of these opportunities which are look like you know hard stuff but they're actually just opportunities they're opportunity for evolution and Mm -hmm. it's that's the whole that is the only reason why we're here on it is to evolve Mm -hmm. yes and we have it's something that I want to make it clear and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, this evolution, this uh, surrendering, it's not uh, away from happiness because we seem to think yeah. that, you know, by surrender, by just allowing God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, to call the shots, that we're somehow going to be like a martyr, right? <laughs> you know, that we're going to be living, you know, in squalor. We're going to be, mm-hmm. you know, a homeless guy on the street because we're not going to be able to make ends meet, you know, like, yeah. cause we, we picture saintly people in these like the loincloths, you know, like they're yeah. in some monastery, but that's not the way it works. No, not at all. They're the, they're the lucky ones who gets it easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like it'd be really easy to go and live in a monastery yeah. and get fed. And all you have to do is sit and talk to God all day. That would be so good right? yeah yeah so easy yeah you but, don't have you know, to deal being... with the pressures <laughs> exactly. of everyday life <laughs> yeah, yeah. But exactly you know and and that's that's the thing that I've been able to find a real balance with you know I'm a mother of three children you know I have I run businesses and I have a really strong daily practice and I have all of this balanced out and that's why I've been able to continue to you know be called upon to rise into the next state, which again, like, you know, I'd be sitting there and I get a message, you know, get a WhatsApp message from the high priestess going, you need to come to ceremony um, on Saturday and you need a new outfit because you will be, you know, becoming a priestess. And I'm like, okay. All right then. Right. I better go shopping to get a new outfit. Um, 
and it's, and she's like, you, you know, you've, you've just gone through such an incredible experience and you continue to show up, you continue to look after your children, you continue to do all these things and, and expand and not contract. And through your expansion is how you, you know, I, I call upon you to come and be a priestess. I'm like, right. Well, I just went through a really big, <laughs> hardcore, really intense thing. And it was really horrible. Um, but it's actually so much better out the other side now yeah. and I need to be a priestess. Okay, sure. I love and, how you um, get uh, texts to come become a high priestess where other people get texts to go have drinks at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, look, it's just so, so funny. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's okay. so <laughs> um, I know. Yeah, one thing I wanted to ask you is you mentioned how through this journey you had a lot of remembering so it wasn't mm-hmm. that you were necessarily taught by someone else. Yes, you had that as well, but you also had a lot of remembering. And so I'm curious yeah. to to learn more about what that was like. And then also, how did you manage your ego um, telling okay. you like, okay, come on, Nick, you're not really remembering <laughs> this. Like you're just going crazy or whatever your monkey mind said to you. Cause I imagine, sure. I mean, that's something that, that I experience for myself in what my knowing tells me, and then, you know, I have that little voice. It's like, well, how do you really know that? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's another interesting story, isn't it? <laughs> 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 the remembering, um, yeah, it, it, it is. It's a very confusing time um, until you know. And yeah, the ego is a very sneaky, sneaky thing that can have you questioning all sorts of um, all sorts of part of the journey. But to specifically answer your question, um, when the remembering came, you know, thick and fast, and was very clear that I was in um, an actual state of remembering because, you know, I was able to <laughs> to recite you know, stories and teachings out of, you know, the Bhagavad Gita, the ancient Mm. Hindu um, textbook, never having read it. And, you know, I just knew all of this stuff and I had no idea how I knew, but, you know, it was evidentially coming out of my mouth and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and and my teachers were like going, right, you've been studying. I'm like, no. And then they asked me a question. I'd answer it. I'm like, wow, amazing. Where did this come from? And I, I know. And so I was, I was like my conscious mind was learning all of this stuff coming out of my unconscious at the right. moment it was happening for me. <laughs> so there was a very, there was an actual moment in time where, where um, that occurred from like I have like a, a point. And so I'd been through some fairly disciplined time, which was also very interesting because I had a, negative association with the word discipline, mm-hmm. um, wasn't a fan of it. And I didn't like it because I, I went to an all girls Catholic school and we were disciplined a lot. Fair and, enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand that. and, um, you know, and if someone's going to tell me what I need to do, then that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be disciplined and I'm not going to do that every single day because you told me to, because I'm a rebel. Um, so <laughs> no, none of that. <laughs> and, um, so, I I had to do a little work with discipline because I kept being told I needed to be disciplined and do my morning practice and all of this stuff. And I was like, 
okay, let's just find another word um, <laughs> about, you know, me practicing and becoming, yeah, maybe becoming a master, but not disciplined. I'm not going to do that. Um, eventually I became great friends with the word discipline and I, I now know that discipline leads to freedom and that's all I've ever wanted in life is to feel a sense of freedom because that is beyond happy. Mm-hmm. We can be happy but not free. And so freedom mm-hmm. came when I went through happy. So um, I've been through a very – I created a, a very strong discipline for myself um, which I used my rebel energy to achieve because it's the only way it would work, you know, and I would prove them wrong that I wouldn't give up. And um, I always had this, you know, my, my mother's voice inside me going, oh, Nicole, you never did. Me, 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 me. And, <laughs> and so I'm like, right, I'll prove her wrong and I'll prove everybody else wrong. And that's the energy I used to be able to go into discipline. Extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And so I did. I went into a lot of discipline and I was doing a lot of refined Kundalini practice. Um, and I was, meditating daily and I was, you know, um, I was doing a lot of refined practices that had been suggested to me. But I found for me is I gathered all the bits and pieces that work for me and created my own practice because, again, that's what I need to do mm-hmm. to make things work for me. For sure. um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'd been doing a lot of that and I'd been going to ceremony a lot. And then one night I had gone into the holy room and um, – My guru had, I could tell he was up to something because he had that look in his eyes and basically he, he transferred pure Shakti energy inside me (laughs) 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 and anything could happen from now on. Um, And I went into trance and I'd been into trance a few times before that, which is always very interesting because I'd watch all these other people in trance and I'm like, whoa, what's going on with them? Like I can't, could never have imagined myself yeah. going into mm-hmm. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when you are working with high energy a lot and you're in these situations and you've got a refined practice and you're purifying your field to be able to allow the energy to integrate with you um, because your vibrations shifted and it's met it, then I would, you're able to go into a trance-like state. So I went into trance and then something started happening inside me and it felt like what happens just before an ecstasy pill kicks in, okay? <laughs> Crazy. So anyone, anyone's had an ecstasy pill before knows what I'm talking about. Is it's, Your whole body starts getting really, really hot and the euphoria starts building and building and building. And, you know, it's kind of like an orgasmic state that is so pure that, you know, it's in every cell of your body. And all of a sudden, like, I'm in this state and then my head literally kind of blows apart and I reach a state of ecstasy. So, like, and basically my body kind of froze and my, I was like kind of stuck, but I was experiencing, um, you know, these states of ecstasy that I had never achieved before and I'd only heard of and it was like the pure shakti working through me and eventually I kind of slowly came out of it, but I was in these states of bliss of like absolute um, you know, divinity was running through me and it, it went on for days and days and days. And wow. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and, and I, I knew in that moment, I never have to take drugs ever again. Amazing. <laughs> like to be able to, to reach these states of consciousness, to reach these states of bliss and ecstasy, nothing, nothing that I could take from the external inside um, could ever reach that again. And so it was whatever happened in that moment um, triggered the remembering and mm. and a state of, of of remembering occurred, I guess. And like I said, you know, all of these things started coming and I, I don't know, like I just knew things that I'd never been taught before and I'd never um, was, I never knew where I got the information from and I just was able to access as well information like I started doing refined third eye practices so I could open my third eye and I was able to you know access like different dimensions and access divine wisdom and all of these things like it was very very easy for me so there was never a question at the time of my ego going what are you doing because I was just as dumbfounded about what was happening I was probably like anti-ego at the time because I'm like I really don't know what's going on here. I don't know how I know this stuff and it's kind of tripping me out. And if I, if I, if I allow it to trip me out anymore, then I'll lose my mind. And so I need to keep discipline to keep it together because there were many times during, you know, my awakening, because it was a very fierce awakening that I did feel like I was losing my mind. And, you know, there was times for a while that I would, you know, just literally go to the bar and sit there and drink as much booze as I can to try and feel normal because Mm -hmm. this was a whole other level of normal. And, and it got to a point where I couldn't even drink booze anymore because it would just smash me because of my vibrational state and Mm. my light body, it couldn't take in the toxins and alter my state. It, like my state always won because it was so high, such a higher frequency. And so, you know, I can't even drink booze anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like all of these things. yeah. Um, you know, which has been really helpful because, you know, I used to tether on the lines of, you know, high functioning alcoholic for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's been really helpful. <laughs> it was like one day, like a, a, a switch flipped and I, I'd probably drink, you know, a glass of petrol before I had a glass of wine these days, which is very, very surprising. But getting back to on point is, you know, the remembering occurred through a very, very refined discipline, a a very strong practice that I didn't understand. Again, was never a goal. These things kind of occurred spontaneously. Mm. And, um, and I just kept going into it. I never, ever contracted. I just was too far gone because I just knew that, I don't know, you get to a point where you just know, like, this is life, but this is my life and this is the point of my life. Like, this is evolution. This is why I'm here and just mm-hmm. so keep going. And and I don't know, like, I just go, go and sit places and I'm like, that's my normal life and, <laughs> and most people don't get that. Okay, and I have to kind of adjust a little bit to that too because I need to be able to function in the world with the masses and take my children to school and go to the supermarket and do all of those things, especially now that I've moved out of my Bali bubble and into, um, into North America. So yeah, it's, it's continual divine plan unfolding mastery every moment. I love your fierceness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The bold fierceness and really the surrendering and allowing I think that's, that's really special. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's, you know, 
living um, like just their regular existence. They they're not totally feeding their mission, whatever that that is on on this earth. But they're they're too scared to you know allow. You know what, what would you say? Like what what kind of guidance would you have for someone? Well, it's always good to find someone to support you because that way you can lean in and Mm. I don't know, it's very difficult to try and find the way if you, if you don't even know what it is, do you know Mm. what I mean? Like if you're too scared to like allow these opportunities that come to you for you to like surrender into them or whatever, like it is, I mean, unfortunately in today's world, we don't, have a village where we can go to the shaman and ask for help. You know, we don't Mm -hmm. have rites of passages, you know, Mm -hmm. people just don't know what to do. And especially if they're having these feelings of awakenings and stuff, where do you go to? And even if, you know, you had a local priest or something, you know, at the Catholic church, he probably mightn't be able to help you with, um, you know, the, the feelings and emotions that you're having. I, I don't know. I've always found that, finding someone that, you know, you have a a resonance to that you feel a call to and ask for help. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it takes a brave soul to be able to ask for help. And you'll generally find if, if, if the person that, um, that is willing to help you, they will say yes. You know, like if if you go to someone go, Oh my God, I really feel aligned with you and whatever. And they say, no, then it's actually a no. Um, I don't know. Like I just would go and try and find someone to help. And whether that's even through someone like a book, you know, like Mm -hmm. if you found a, 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 you know, a book on Deepak Chopra or something um, to be able to kind of help you and support you. So you're not feeling crazy because most people do, they feel crazy and then they try and shut it down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a really great sign that, you know, you're feeling crazy. You feel like like you're losing your mind. You are. And that's <laughs> and awesome. So perfect. We <laughs> want to lose that mind. Yeah, I, I love that. And yeah. I think something that we, we should also clarify too is, you know, when you even just begin to question, when, you know, you reach a point where you just realize that you're unhappy and you're willing, like at some level, you're willing to you know, open yourself up to something else. I think, um, you know, you do receive that guidance, whether it is that book that falls on the floor at the local chapters or, you know, you bump into someone who, you know, who introduces you to someone else and that state of unfolding, like it happens. So if you're meant to meet your guru, you will do that. But, you know, I think getting to that state of, you know, surrender or even just questioning, Right, because mm. I think most people just kind of go through life just accepting the ideas that were given to them by their parents, by their society, yeah. by their work, whatever. This is what my life is supposed to be. But when you know you at least can ask, okay, well maybe this isn't it. You know, maybe yeah. there's something else for me. That yeah. that like little step can be a catalyst to you know the next fifty little steps yeah. that'll take you to where, wherever it is that you need to go. But questioning, Absolutely. I think, is so, so important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think definitely. ultimately we know too. Like we always have, at least I've always had that little voice, you know, yeah. in my mind. And for me, I've always wanted joy in my life. And so when I mm. didn't have it, it's like, okay, why? Like I'm happy. Everything seems perfect, but there's still that something that's missing. So I think yeah. it's like, you know, learning yeah. to, to listen to that, to acknowledge that. And then there's that great saying of, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Yeah. yeah. It's um, like um, it's like the Course in Miracles. I, I mentioned this, uh, I think, last time. It was like, uh, you know, how do you know you're on the right path? By the amount of peace that you feel at this moment. You know, mm-hmm. and if you're going through all this angst and anxiety and depression, whatever, well, chances are you need to make some kind of change, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> that path of, you know, awakening, it is a path to peace, to joy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, which is also very interesting because people have little tastes of peace mm-hmm. and they find it boring. They're like, where's mm-hmm. the drama? Mm-hmm. You know, they get, and people get so addicted to, you know, the highs and lows that go in life. And it's like, well, there's not much happening. It's kind of, it's, it's peaceful, but it's kind of boring. And it's like, oh, yes, exactly. It's because we're used to and quite addicted to, you know, the drama circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, kind of making this concept of peace, um, another refined part of one's journey to understanding that there is no drama in peace and to be willing to find, you know, the balance and, and the way to kind of ease into that, because that's a big sneaky thing that happens to so many people is they kind of get do so much work and then get a bit bored and then go in search of, you know, a little bit of excitement, a little bit of action. Um, That's such a good point. Because, I mean, I experienced that quite a bit, uh, you know, earlier on in my journey where, you know, it was a little bit boring. And (laughs) those those highs and the lows are addictive, like not the lows necessarily, but certainly the highs. Yeah. Right. Well, they come generally after the low. But you so have, kind of... Yeah, you can't have one without the other. It's like that, yeah. that cycle. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it is easy to get addicted to that. Yeah. Yes. I remember in my early 20s, I made the conscious choice to take a break from the path. You know, I was like, well, there's all these things <laughs> I want to do. And, yeah, exactly. And I was like, I can't do that if I'm like really spiritual and on my highest path. So <laughs> I was like... Yeah, I'm going to... So I took a detour. <laughs> yeah. I took a conscious totally cool. detour. Exactly. I'm just going to go over there for a bit. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's kind of how society raised us too. You know, mm, you're sure. raised in North America and you think, oh, I want to accomplish these sort of things or have these sorts of experiences. And, and in my mind, I was like, well, I can't have that kind of fun if I'm on, yeah. you know, this spiritual self-improvement path. So yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to be in my twenties instead. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. Which is the greatest delusion because, you know, to be able to reach, you know, states of ecstatic bliss is, is beyond anything that you can find in the detour section. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> it was, but it we was, just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny too, because I was like happy when I made that choice. And then it was like detour went totally downhill. And then like to get out of it was a lot more effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But again, that's just, that is totally the path that you needed mm-hmm. to do. So mm-hmm. it, it all is all perfect anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. it is. And so a new project that I, I noticed on your website that you have is you've you've just created some new oracle cards and it's something that you've done with your daughter. Yes, exactly. Amazing. Such an amazing little process, that one. Um, yeah, with my daughter. And so again, nothing that I planned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. One of my students um, painted a picture of me and quite an animated um She's an abstract kind of artist and she painted this picture of me and I, and it's just gorgeous. And 
the day after the day after she gave it to me, I was looking at it and I thought that would be a really cool Oracle card. And I was like, that's a weird thought. Like, why? What? That's a weird thought. Anyway, and so I didn't think about it again. And then um, when I was unpacking it, when I moved, I opened it up and again, I saw it as an Oracle card. And I'm like, all right, you know, people have asked me for years, you know, that I should do Oracle cards and all of this stuff. And I was like, um, yeah, I don't know, even know how to do that. I don't even know what to do with that. Anyway, and so then I somehow on the magic land of Facebook, there was someone talking about trying to make some Oracle cards and someone gave a link of where you can get um, just one box made. And I mean, they're quite expensive, but still I was like, oh, there's a how-to. <laughs> um, and so I went and had a little look there and, and I don't know, eventually it led me through, you know, the little rabbit warren you take when you click into things, mm -hmm. um, some, some publishing houses and some print houses. And so I wrote to them and I asked them information, you know, just following the energy and, um, and I just went, okay. And they told me, you know, how you needed to create the, um, the files and all of this stuff. And I didn't understand the jargon they were talking about. So I just said to my daughter, who's just uh, finished school and is in between waiting for her uni placements. Um, and I said, do you know how to do this? And she said, oh, I don't, but I have used that program before because she started a magazine when she was in school. And she said, that's a program we use. So I'll just have a little look. And she's like, yeah, I know how to do that. And I said, oh, okay, well, um, all right, I'll get back to you. And then I thought, well, maybe I could get her to create the artwork because I'm not going to create the artwork. <laughs> um, anyway, so she, <laughs> so I started, I gave her an example of a card, which was the card of the painting. And she made it into the, into the flat file format that needed for the publishing house. And then I sent it to them and they're like, yes, that's correct. And I'm like, okay. And they gave me the prices and everything. And I'm like, okay, I, I've got all the information. I can do this. And so I was <laughs> like, okay, we'll just keep going. And so then I just was going to, I found some different images and stuff, which I was going to use as my base. And I was going to get her to do stuff to it, digital artwork to it. But instead I started playing with it and I started bringing in ceremony. I started doing my thing. I, you know, would open up my, my Swadhisthana chakra and the creativity started flowing and I have incense burning. And all of a sudden I was creating all this digital artwork. So cool. And, <laughs> and the deity or the energy of the card was coming through and I was going into process and all of this stuff and then I was sending it to her and she was changing the format. And then she started giving me all of this feedback. And then all of a sudden we're in this co-creation together. <laughs> and, I, and, and I was like, okay. And, and when I started writing the wisdom book, it was just mind-blowing. Like what was coming through then? Because I just thought, you know, I'd write, you know, Shiva is a deity, da, 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 da. But no, that's not what happened. <laughs> it was a full-blown process. Um, and interestingly, I was having trouble with the fonts. And I'm like, Ruby, daughter, um, you need to help me with these fronts. And she's like, no, mum, you have to do it. And I'm like, oh, my God, if only Douglas was here to help me. Douglas is my ex that died and he's a creative director. And so next minute I know I'm in ceremony, in comes, you know, Douglas and he's <laughs> showing me the fonts that I need to use oh, for so it. Cool. <laughs> and, and, 
you know, so I've got like dead exes, daughters <laughs> and all sorts in this creative project and the most amazing, amazing, profound um, Oracle cards were birthed. And yeah, so that's how we came about um, that little new product. I love wow. it. And if people I are interested it. in that, where do they go and find those? It's actually on the very front page of my website right now. So it's as soon as you open my website, it's, it's right there. Which is nickstar.com. So N-I-K-S-T-A-R-R-R-R.com. Yeah, we'll put it in the link below and on our website as well so people can find you. Yeah, That is very cool. I have to check them out. I know that you had created them and I have to go poking around. And you also have malice. I do. I love I'm like, I want to buy everything. I do. So also on that website, there's a store. So mm-hmm. the, in, in the spirit store, um, you'll find lots of different little things. The cards are in there as well. But, I, yeah, I have the malas and I also have different sacred geometry. And my phone keeps telling me it's going to run out of battery. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, well, okay. yeah. <laughs> we're getting close to an hour as it is. So we can always, uh, okay, great. you know, yeah. call it here. But, um, Nick, we just wanted to say thank you so, so much for, for being here and uh, – you know, sharing your story with our audience. I think, uh, you know, so many people will resonate with, you know, just this idea of surrender and, Mm -hmm. you know, just trusting that process. Because I think something that we all need so much is just the ability to trust, to let go. Have faith. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that's super, super cool. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think the the good thing that people find, um, a lot of people come to me and they're like, you're so relatable. You know, you're not Mm -hmm. this big, you know, man with a big beard on the side of a mountain. You know, I feel sometimes that you're telling my story. Um, And so I'm a really good example of, of showing others that, you know, just go, just go, honey, just do it. Definitely. Um, Definitely. And you can still function in this world. You Mm -hmm. don't need to be shipped off to some mountaintop. Yeah. You don't need Absolutely. to give up everything. You can still function and you can still have children yeah. and yeah. you can still have businesses that make money and be very, very comfortable um, and still reach ecstatic states of, you know, pure bliss and live your divine path. It's all totally possible. And, you know, it's it, it, it's nothing special. It's just be brave mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, and really think about that concept of surrender because it's it, it's it's just your divine calling for you to to expand and not contract. So and everyone has it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. So thank you so much. And yeah, if anybody listening, I'm sure there's going to be lots of people. Um, but yeah, go to nickstar.com and connect with Nick. You've got a lot of um, really cool products, but also, like you said, you work yeah. with people and you do online temples. So it doesn't matter where you're located yeah. in the world, um, you can still yeah. work with Nick. Which is that's awesome. right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, everything you need to know is on the website, yeah. and all my different offerings and everything. And yeah, I do you know one-on-one chats, and I do big, long journeys, and and everything. So, um, thank you Very again cool. for uh, having a little time here. I've really enjoyed it, and yeah, love meeting um, you, Bart, and connecting with you. Likewise, again too. Um, so, thank you for your time. And, yeah, thank um, you. <laughs> and we'll be in touch i'm sure have a fabulous okay week. darling <laughs> okay thank you thank you okay bye bye Nick. thank you for listening to the spirit ninja spiritualist podcast, podcast.
Make sure to tune in next time for more deep conversations to uplift, inspire, and blow your mind. Spiritual stuff.